0: Welcome back to Read It or List It! I'm Phoebe and sadly I am alone again today. Ashley was not able to join me for an interview with author Lin Liao Butler. Her new book, The Tiger Mom's Tale, just came out in July and it is a beautiful story that is also very entertaining and a little bit thrilling. So you'll hear in this interview that my puppy Beasley was not too happy that she wasn't allowed to be in my office. So if you hear any yipping, that's just Beasley hanging out in the living room. Um, But I hope you enjoy today's interview with Lin Liao Butler. Welcome Lynn Butler to Read It or List It. I'm so excited to have you with me today to talk about your new book, The Tiger Mom's Tale, which I absolutely loved. I had no idea what to expect going in and it captivated me from the very first sentence. So I'm so excited to have you. We would love if you could begin by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on here.
0: And I am a
1: Taiwanese American. Um, I was born in Taiwan and I moved here when we were seven. So I basically grew up in America, but was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, born in Taiwan. And I wanted to write a book about someone who looked Asian on the outside, but felt more American on the inside. And mm-hmm. that pool, because, you know, when I go to Taiwan, everybody thinks we're so foreign and they cause the American cousins. And then when I'm in America, everybody assumes I'm just, Asian and that that's all I am so it was just a, that's where that character Alexa came from like that, that pull of like where do I belong like which one is the real me and how do you reconcile mm-hmm. the two parts so she's the main character is based on my experiences but it's not my story at all
0: yeah <laughs> I will- I was going to say, it takes some twists and turns throughout there. It is, um, I think one of the, my favorite part about reading is that you can get a book that number one, entertains you, but also can teach you something and gives you like, you know, I, we always say that books can be mirrors or windows. And this was obviously a window for me, a type of book. So it was a really great window into a story for me to experience. Okay. Um and I mean, those—I mean—that's the reason why we love reading, right? Um, so I was going to ask you where the inspiration for this story came from, but it sounds like you know taking pieces of yourself, but then obviously uh, creating—you know, our characters are not 100% ourselves. Right. right. The
1: only—the only, the only um, thing that really that Lexa and I have in common is that we're both, you know, like grappling with two different heritages, and also mm-hmm. that she's a personal trainer in on the Upper East Side of Manhattan which I was
0: for yeah that that was it (laughs) um and so you have one of the best bios that I've read recently (laughs) when I was looking on your website um it's like it's a great it's such a fun like um you can really get a piece of your personality I think from that couple (laughs) sentences on your website um because you were also a professional dancer Yes. um which my mom's a ballerina i grew up oh, in right. um and i'm an actor so i grew up in the the arts so i thought that was really cool but um yes like you said Lexa is a personal trainer that's a big part of who she is um so were any of her clients inspired by any of your real clients yes which, if you're I- listening i'm sure it's purely <laughs> fictional <laughs> <laughs> it's all fictional but um they're the clients so i
1: i they're inspired by them but i kind of meshed a whole bunch of clients together into mm-hmm. one client. Um, And there used to be more client um, details in the book, but they got cut (laughs) because we were focusing more on her journey to find her heritage rather than her clients. So yes, they were very much based on real people.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, the woman (laughs) accosted her on the side of the street. I was like, yeah, that's
1: happened to me before. So I used to to live in the same neighborhood that I trained in. So I like, you know, I'm walking my dog at six in the morning without no makeup. My hair is a mess. I'm still in my PJs and people are asking me for fitness advice at six in the morning when I can't even open my eyes. And You're
0: like, uh, hello, like separation of church and state people. We're not at the gym. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But another, I think that was another, uh, example of how she kind of felt that people were like, oh, you're, you're just like not using her, but, um, they were very, uh, aware that she was you know working for them basically right right. um and that was another thing that she sort of struggled with but um I love chatting with debut authors um (laughs) (laughs) and so what was it like to write this book and what was like the most memorable, memorable part of the process um I am not a writer like I don't have any writing credentials I did not
1: go to school for writing I've never taken a writing course except you know what was needed in high school and college um, but I am an avid reader. Like, I've mm-hmm. always been reading, Like I think I used to read like five, seven books a week, you know, before I had a real job and everything. Um, my mom said I read everywhere, like, while I was walking, she would be like, put that book down, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna fall down. <laughs> um, so, I, in 2015, for some reason, I woke up and said, I'm gonna write a book. Love that. <laughs> and so I wrote a book, and I didn't know how to to get it published, but I just thought it was so easy. Like, you know, you write a book, you get an agent and (laughs) you'll be published. So I just sent it out, nobody had ever read it. Um, I didn't realize that you needed critique partners and, and, uh, you know, people to tell you this is not working, that is, and I sent it out and I was like, hey, how come nobody's, you know, responding to me? And then I started Googling and realized that that's not how you get a book published. Um, and then I realized how hard it was to find an agent. Like it's, mm-hmm. some people are lucky and maybe get an agent on the first try. It took me three and a half years and three books to sign with an agent. Um, and then she sold it. So this wasn't it. your
0: first book that you wrote?
1: Well, technically it was. So I, oh. this book used to be called Fit Girls Don't Cry. And it was more about Lexa's, you know, her experience as a trainer on the Upper East mm-hmm. Side. And uh, that was the main thing. And the secondary was her search for her heritage. And then I wrote a second book when that one didn't find an agent and that one got a lot of agent um, interest, but they loved the concept. They didn't like the way of structured. So then I put that aside and went back to this book because I was like, you know what? I think I can change the plot completely. And uh, so I kept the same characters and setting but then I changed it completely into her search for her heritage and yeah. her identity and less about her personal training. Um, and that's the book that got me the agent. I so, love
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's such a great like example. Um, sometimes we have to put a story down, right? But that doesn't mean it goes away forever, right? Like oh. I thought
1: I shelved it, and I thought I shelved the second book, but when I sold this book, that my editor um, Cindy Huang also bought my second book, which I had put away, and that my agent and I revised while this book was on submission. So now both books technically are going to be published. <gasps>
0: Oh, awesome. That's always yeah, my last question. Exciting. I'm like, are you working on anything right now? But hey, we got the answer earlier yeah. on. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so exciting. Um, I'm I started writing in the last year. Um, you know, cause we're, we're all stuck at home. So I right. love hearing those stories that, you know, it may take a while, but it is very possible. So you said you're an avid reader, which I can tell from your Instagram, I already found a book recommendation, oh, <laughs> um, wild love. Um, oh yeah. So my husband and I love the Adirondacks. And so I was like, a book set in the Adirondacks. All right. At exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so fun, so. Oh, I'm excited to read it. Um, yeah. So do you have any um, writing inspirations from your favorite authors growing up or anything like that? Um,
1: I, um, actually the reason I started writing was because uh Leah Moriarty. She is like my <laughs> absolute writing idol. Like she, I read her, I found her books in 2013. Um, mm-hmm. It was a very tough year for me in all across, like health-wise, emotional, you know, physical, everything. And her books really carried me through and made me um, feel like there are people out there that are going through these kind of same experiences. Um, even though she's her books are based in Australia, the themes are so universal that yeah. they just really helped me a lot. And so I wanted to write because of her. Like if I could touch people the way she her books touch me and maybe give it a, a more multicultural you know spin, like mm. Asian Americans and the stuff that we go through. So she really... Shaped my um, desire to write. Um, and I just, every book I, re- I read, I draw something from. Like you mm-hmm. never, and I, I tend to be one of those people that reread books a lot. Me too. Um, <laughs> like the shelf behind me, these are all books I've read at least like three to 10 times. Some of them I read, like there's a book of Ann Tyler's, I think it's called Ladder of Years, that I've read at least 25 times.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, you always get something different, you know, from every reading that things that you miss so yeah I get a lot of inspiration from a lot of books
0: I love that yeah I'm a huge rereader as well and some people are always like how do you have time for that yeah that's what I get that a lot too (laughs) it's a comfort thing and like you said you get something new and it's always funny to see like how your taste evolves but I can see now like I said when we started the interview that the tiger's mom mom's tail takes some twists and turns that I like did not see coming and so it has this like beautiful like heartfelt story at the center but it's also like wickedly entertaining um in a way like I wouldn't say it's like it's not like big little lies but there are like little pieces in there like Leanne Moriarty's work right. and then there's this beautiful thread of sisterhood throughout and I loved how Maddie and Sue Ling are incredibly different but they still have this like Bind, this love for yeah. lexa that's like a really binding force and beasley right. is very unhappy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know if you can hear her yes i, I just heard it yeah. <laughs> like she's got her peanut butter she's okay But <laughs> <laughs> anyway yes um there's this like wonderful thread of sisterhood so yeah. do you have sisters like where did that um that come from
1: I do have one sister. She's a younger sister. Um, she's only 20 months younger. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, Sulin and Maddie are not based on her at all. Like mm-hmm. it, the relationship is completely different. I, I think I just imagine, like, what it'd be like to have a half sister from one family, from your you know white mother's fat side, and then a half sister from your Taiwanese father's side, and that they didn't get along. And you're the person that's stuck in the middle,
0: mm-hmm. having to
1: mediate between the two of them. But then they both, you know, their one thing that they have in common is their love for Lexa and wanting to support her and get her through so that just kind of that did not come from my own life that
0: just Mm kind of something that I imagined in my head (laughs) yeah and there's still because there's a um, one thing I always like I don't like to find in books is like the competitive nature between women because I'm like I don't really that's like a thing that they like put on us that's not something that we have and they're though they're very different I didn't feel like that was the the point of right, the book there right. was no competitive nature between them they were just different and right. um I loved how excited that like Su Ling was to be in New York um because I absolutely love New York yes um, and uh Maddie then also got to go to Taiwan right, exactly. which is very cool and um you write food very well I was <laughs> very hungry <laughs> throughout, um, reading. Um, so I, you know, the funny thing
1: is I did not set out to write about food. I had no idea that <laughs> that was going to resonate with so many people. And when the reviews started coming in and everybody mentioned the food, I was like, oh, I had no idea I was writing about
0: food so well. Well, I think, I mean, food is such a good representation of culture and it's yes. such a good rep- representation of family. Yes. So I think, um, obviously I'm not going to like psychoanalyze you. But like, I think that's just like a thread that comes through where, you know, sitting down at the table and eating together or something like this is at the end of the day, a book about family. Yes. And food is so important in the Taiwanese culture. Like Mm -hmm. if you ever go there, like that's
1: all you do is eat. There's food everywhere, like on the streets, on night markets, um, day markets. Um, I took my husband and who is American. He's um, Irish, 6'1" and my son are, um, to Taiwan, I think it was like three years ago to do research for the Taiwanese mm. part of the books. And he's like, you know, after a few days of like, just eating, he goes, is this all we're gonna do is like our <laughs> way through Taiwan? Are we gonna go sightseeing? I'm like, no, we're just gonna eat. This
0: is, I mean, it is the, it's the, it <laughs>
1: is the sightseeing, I guess. Right, that's it. I'm like, no, no, we're not gonna go see any temples or, you know, any of that. We're just gonna eat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um... So like I keep saying about the twists and the turns, um, it's almost like sort of like paced like a thriller, but it's not a thriller. You know, a it's lot just, of like, people told me that. So that's, uh, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> oh, definitely. Cause it, it's like, um, I think the best, I, I was speaking with Emily Henry recently, um, uh-huh. the author of People We Meet on Vacation. Yeah. And I was like, I know it's a compliment to say like, I read your book in a day, but I also know it took you a real long time to write it. So you're like, <laughs> Um, but the pacing of your writing is like very um at least in this book I'd be excited to read the rest of your work it it made me want to keep reading it was a page turner um so how like what's your writing process like like were you surprising yourself along the way because I felt I was being completely surprised throughout Yes, I did. I, um I did not
1: pace my first draft or second draft or third draft very well. It was, um there was a lot of things in there that weren't necessary. So this came about over the years as I was writing. And, y- you know, I actually dissected books that I love, like Liam Moriarty's or any, any book that's really well written that, like, like you said, kind of grabbed you and made you want to turn pages. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of dissected and say like, okay, where does the Twist coming where's the first hint and where's you know whatever so I really studied it I guess that was my own writing course instead mm-hmm. of you know eating a, a craft book or taking a class I just studied books that I felt was done well and realized that okay this is dragging here if you can put in a hint here but you don't have to reveal things but don't drag it on too long because then people are like come on tell us already so <laughs> that was and then my agent Rachel Brooks helped so much like she pacing to her is a big thing and she's like this is dragging. There's too much, you know. Here, you should shorten this. Do the so we. It's it was a collaboration of me studying other books and my agents' um, feedback that really got me to get those twists and turns in there. And some people have compared it to like a Chinese soap opera because they're like, it's oh. kind of unbelievable that there's all these things happening. And somebody else, it, and somebody, it was a negative review said it was written for Hollywood but you know, to me,
0: even that was kind of like a compliment. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> and like, I mean, you know, not every book is for every reader, right, but exactly. I mean, it would be, I think this would be a great film. I mean, I'm also an actor, so I'm, right, like, I right, I look you know. for those things. <laughs> Writing for, Um, I saw someone just said another book was like, I liked the story, but it would have, been, I don't remember what book it was, but it would be a better like mini series than right, a right. book. But well, then hopefully it gets picked up for a mini series. Yeah, so I, I take that as a compliment too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I, that is very stressful. I thought of like reading negative reviews. <laughs> I,
1: um, I've um i been told as um, by many people, including my editors and fellow authors, do not read your reviews. But I just do because as a pe- professional ballet dancer in New York City for years, mm-hmm. I went to cattle calls where like literally you were rejected based on your height, your looks, you know, like I was too Asian, not Asian enough. I was too short, too fat, not talented enough. And I think I developed a really thick skin from Mm -hmm. going to cattle calls. And now like I read reviews and it doesn't, it, you know, like it stings a little when they say I hated this book. It was the worst book I ever read. (laughs) But at the same time, I understand not every book is for everyone. And then I just go back to the books that I loved and see their negative reviews and realize, you know, it's okay. Everybody, has different tastes, and so it doesn't bother me for some reason. Yeah,
0: books are, (laughs) at the end of the day, are meant to be entertaining, and you still have this heartfelt story, so anyway, (laughs) it's fine, I'll shout it from the rooftops. Thank you, I (laughs) appreciate it. So, Without spoilers, because I you know, I don't know if everybody who's listening has read the book. And if you haven't, I highly recommend picking it up. It's a great, it's um, it's the type of, it's not like a beach read because it's set at the beach, but it's the type, like I said, it's the type of book that you want to keep reading. So I think it's a great vacation book if you have any vacation scheduled for the <laughs> summer. So I don't want to give any spoilers, but I'm a huge fan of Jake. I'm a oh. big romance reader. So I loved that little through line in there that doesn't take over the story, but it's present. Um, so where do you think Lexa is now? Well, that's really funny
1: because um, I do imagine where she is because my, so I have two books coming out. The second one's come out next year and it's a standalone with nothing to do with this book. But I have a third book that will be my option for um, my publisher.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I did bring Lexa back to make a little cameo along with Jake. Oh, fun. So, yeah, so no spoilers, but Jake and Alexa uh, make an appearance and they do obviously, you know, hopefully wind up together and they make they make an appearance on the first page of book three, which hopefully will get picked up um by someone. And yeah, I was really excited to bring her back because I imagine like what happened after mm-hmm. the Tiger Mom's tale ended and where does she end up.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Well that's very exciting. That's one of my favorite little tidbits when authors are like, Oh, I'm not gonna give you a whole new book on them, but like I will let you know
1: they're okay.
0: Cause right. like you and they make it an tech. appearance
1: and and they, yeah. they actually influence the main character of the third book. So Oh, nice.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to read it. And and
1: that book goes back to New York City. Um, It's based in New York City and Flushing, Queens. So um, I I lived in New York City for, I guess, 14 years. So I, it's really a place that I know. I was really excited to bring
0: it back. I lived in the city for six years and, um, my husband and I both work in theater. And so unfortunately with the pandemic, it was, uh, oh, yeah, it did not, <laughs> uh, did not fare too well for us, but we're very excited and happy where we are now. Oh, um, but I always, my true test when I'm like, oh gosh, okay. We're going to New York. And I'm like, okay, is this going to be like an authentic New York book? Um, <laughs> and I'm always very happy when I'm like, yes, the details are there. They're real. <laughs> awesome. Me too. <laughs> um so something we love to do on read it or list it is pair books with songs oh, so <laughs> sometimes this can be a little bit of a stressful question but um do you have a song that you imagine that goes along with this story um maybe if you have like a writing playlist or anything something that like you kept coming back to i actually don't i don't write
1: to music i i need silence or just like background noise um, and i never written, I've never put together a writing playlist. I know people do that, but mm-hmm. that's such a cool idea. I never just never thought about it. So I don't have any songs off the top of my head. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any, can you think of any?
0: Um, I was like really into um, thinking of like uh, some of like John Williams scores throughout this uh-huh. because, and maybe the just my brain always goes like a film score um but just like the sweeping nature of the story and like so I I don't have a specific one either that's why sometimes (laughs) it's a stressful question for people because I'm also (laughs) interesting um I don't know because I as a reader something I love is like oh like when you're listening to something later on and you're like the lyrics match the vibe of this story or like it has the same kind of like
1: Oh, you know what? I think I just thought of it. Maybe like um, who who sang fight song? Was that Rachel? Oh,
0: Patton? um, her name. Oh, like, this is my fight song. Right. That song, that. right. Um, her right. name is Tori Peters, I think. I thought it was Rachel Platten, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's Rachel Platten.
1: I can't remember, but so we'll have to look that up. But that I think that's Lexa's like fight song because yeah. she's fighting to find her place back in her heritage and fighting the Tiger Mom, you know, and trying to get her, what is rightfully hers of her heritage. So maybe that would be a good one. <laughs> yeah.
0: And she does Kung Fu. Yes. Which is very exactly. cool, yes. um, which I love. <laughs> I loved her. Um, do you call him like a Kung Fu master? I'm not quite yes, sure. Um, like a Sifu. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what the word. Um, He's
1: actually based on a real person. Um, oh really? Yeah. He, I, I studied Kung Fu for a summer when I was living in New York City when I was not um, performing, I was off that summer. And he, he is just completely inspired by that seafood i I
0: trained yeah i loved that that moment in the book was really beautiful um and like i said i mean i've said this throughout the whole interview it's a very fun book but there is a lot of heart to it which i think it makes it a wonderful 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 read (laughs) yay i I can't (laughs) say it enough um So we talked, you said you like to write in silence. Is there any other part of your writing process that is unique or some things that have worked for you? Um,
1: So during the pandemic, um, I was stuck homeschooling an eight-year-old and- um, Oh, God bless all the parents who had to do that. (laughs) It was so stressful. And I was supposed to be writing my third book, which was supposed to be set in Kauai. And I was going to go last year to do research. And then we couldn't because of the pandemic. Um, and then I also teach yoga and fitness and I ended up doing everything virtually and I have an Etsy shop and you know that I can do yeah, anywhere. I saw that,
0: I was like, Ooh. yeah.
1: <laughs> so my husband and I, he's a uh, FDNY fireman in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, had, he, he was able to get days off together. We decided to live in Kauai for two months in January, February, March.
0: Oh my well, gosh. actually
1: I was there for two months. They were there for six weeks because um, you know with the school they let, yeah. let the sun out. And that was the best thing I ever did. I wrote, I finished the quiet book. I started a YA book, which I wrote half of. And I started a third book <laughs> or a fourth book. I don't, I don't, I can't remember. <laughs> but most of my writing was during happy hour with a Mai Tai in hand. And so, <laughs> Love that. so my tagline now is fueled by sunshine and Mai Tais because for some reason, having that one Mai Tai during happy hour. And usually I write in silence, but for some reason going to happy hour in Kauai there's all these people around, my son and, and husband are talking and I pulled out my laptop and I just banged out those words and it was like the best inspiration I've ever yeah. had.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. I bet that it must be so infused with yes. the the setting then. So I'm really excited to read that book. So yeah, that Kauai book originally was supposed to be my um, third book
1: like my, my option but for some reason people kept dying and there was like stalkers and there was like all those like weird things and um I realized it was more of a thriller and domestic mm-hmm. suspense than it was um women's fiction yeah so I turned it into a thriller so
0: oh my goodness <laughs> well I mean I guess we can see th- um in the tiger's mom tales oh yes. easily I have two more minutes <laughs> uh, um that that's uh that excitement is very uh inherent or um we can see that in your writing already so I'm sure that that will be well my editor told me my second
1: book that's coming out in February she's like you know this is um unexpectedly suspenseful there's all these suspense moments so I think I was already leaning towards that way so um hopefully this one picks up too so (laughs) yeah
0: sometimes you just gotta lean into those impulses um does that have a title that's coming out in February
1: the one in February is called Red Thread of Fate and um, it takes place in, um, up in Westchester um, County, New York, and also in China, and it's based on the adoption journey of our son.
0: Oh so, my gosh, yeah. that's so exciting. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out that, Thank an you. eye out for that in February of 2022, which is wild to think, I that like, like that is just around the corner. Yes. Um, all right, Lynn, well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such a pleasure. Um, I always feel very blessed and lucky that I get to speak with the authors when, um, after reading their books and loving it so much. Um, so before we say goodbye, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Uh, No, I just want to thank
1: everybody who is reading it, reviewing and picking up, talking about it. I mean, whether you liked it or not, it just helps us out so much. And I'm so grateful that I got a chance to chat with you today because that was so
0: fun. Yes, awesome. The (laughs) Tiger Mom's Tale is available now wherever you get your books. And like I said, it's a great book to pop in your beach bag this summer. Thank you so much for joining me, Lynn. Thank you. I was so fascinated to learn from Lynn that as she was writing, she started to lean into those impulses that she wanted to write more on the domestic thriller side. And uh, I think I'm really excited to see where her writing goes. And I hope that you enjoy this book if you pick it up. And I also recommend checking out some Own Voices reviews of it as well, as that is something that is incredibly important to us here. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find
0: us on Instagram at read it or list it pod, All rights reserved, 2020.